Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's happening here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media. So be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now enjoy the message. Hello, Happy New Year, you guys. I think it was saying the only thing that's expected is the unexpected. I went, well, that about wraps up 2020, doesn't it? So we have had a lot of unexpected, but I hope you had a great Christmas with your family. I hope you got exactly what you wanted. Kiddos, did you guys have get a great Christmas and all the things that you wanted? They're like, yes. Well, let me tell you the top three gifts for 2020. See if you got any of these. It's pretty funny when I was reading them. It's not like last year because be thinking everybody was home, right? Stuck at home. Okay, number one, Roku streaming stick. Because we were home and there was no movie, so we were all streaming all kinds of things. Have you guys streamed things? Yes, we've just streamed all kinds of things. All right, number two. This one surprised me. The Lodge cast iron skillet. I have one. I love those, don't you? But I think everybody was just cooking, going, I gotta come up with some new recipes. We're cooking breakfast, we're cooking lunch, we're cooking dinner. We want this to be something that's a little bit different. So that's good if you guys know how to cook in that. Remember, you gotta grease it, you can't wash it, it rusts. There's all kinds of things with a cast iron skillet, right? All right, number three, I think this one was really for the parents. Disney Plus subscription. Yeah, they're just, their kids are making them crazy. So they went ahead and just subscribed to that so the kids could be entertained watching lots and lots of TV. Remember, my kids were little, we were like, oh, you can't watch TV. This, nothing, now they're just going to watch TV. I don't care, just keep us all together. So our family Christmas looked a little bit different this year, like all of yours did. But my daughter Caroline um, tested positive for COVID the week before Christmas. So she was still in quarantine. Um, under Christmas, and our tradition is they come to our house now. She is Caleb, and they come spend the night with us on Christmas Eve, and we have a great time as a family. Well, that wasn't happening. So um, Derek and I were together a lot, as we have been for 2020. We went on the road with Christmas because we were worried about both his mom and my mom are in their 80s, so we wanted to be careful with them as well. So we took... I, made, I bought all this food because I thought we were having this big thing. So we made these big, I called them charcuterie boards. They really weren't. It was just lots of food, all of the stuff that I had made. Cole, I was making the Bisquick, you know, sausage balls. I had mounds of those. So we just divided it all up and took it to everybody's house and gave them their gifts and stood outside. And luckily, it was a nice day and just talked for a little while. But then we were back home, Derek and I at the house, and he was super excited because the History Channel had Band of Brothers miniseries on the whole day. Um, have you guys seen Band of Brothers? If you've seen it, raise your hand. Yes, lots of people online. Have you seen it? I tried to watch a little bit of it. This is, he's probably watched it 20 times. This wasn't the first time, but it was on. It's 10 hours, an hour segment, so it was on for a long time. And I really just can't, it's, it's historic and it's wonderful, but I can't watch that much blood and heartbreak, and so I would watch the little bits and pieces of it, and to be honest, at first I was thinking, who's, this must have been some guy's idea, who would be showing this at Christmas um, of all of this, but then I started thinking, you know what, I think it was really a good idea, because sometimes we need to see really brave people doing extraordinary things during the unknown to know that we can do that too, and it inspires us to do something that's a little bit different 
than what we've been able to do. So on our 30th anniversary, um, a couple years ago, Derek and I actually got to go to France. And he travels a lot with work, so we saved up our miles, and this was going to be our big trip. And I was looking online and did. We went to see lots of really great things, the Eiffel Tower, things you've heard about in your whole life, all the things that are down in Paris. We wanted to go see the Arc de Triomphe. Y'all, there's just so many wonderful things that you and I have heard about that we wanted to do. All of the art that's there is really amazing, stuff you've studied about in all of your textbooks. The most famous of the famous, their, their pictures are there. Even Vincent Van Gogh's most famous Mona Lisa painting is there, and we stood at the Louvre for a long time, and they don't just have it open all the time because they don't want it to fade. So it's covered up a lot of the time and then they open it up and you can stand in line. You don't get near it, y'all, honestly. It's, it's quite a ways, but you can look at it and close up on your picture, pretend like you were there. And Derek went through all of that stuff with me, but his big excitement was to go to Normandy and I knew that when we went. So we had already in advance booked the Band of Brothers tour. There is a tour called that. And you actually get to do exactly what those guys did and it was really super fascinating. And what we saw is the place where the soldiers came into France on the English Channel on destroyer ships. And there's a picture of Derek and I, um, and that's exactly where we are. And they, they came in on these ships really far out, and then they got in Higgins boats, these smaller boats that they got on in hopes to surprise the enemy, right? They came in on smaller ones. And... Um, their challenge was, we saw Omaha Beach and Utah Beach, but their challenge was to get Point de Hoc. There's this peninsula, and that's where the cannons were that the Germans were firing, and they could reach up to 14 miles out. So it was really, you know, it's a whole, this is probably one of the whole 10-hour things. So I'm, I'm not going to get into all that, but I want to tell you, it was a tactical genius, the people who had done all this. And as Derek and I in that picture were walking out, it was really kind of eerie. You're on the beach. You know, we think of beaches great and it's just calming and all the things about a beach but this beach is different because you know the bloodshed that has taken place there it's quiet it's eerie um even the, the all the tourists who are there everybody's talking in really soft voices and um it's just such an interesting place it's quite heart-wrenching because we know the death that had taken its toll there so we did the tour with people from all over the world and they're all speaking different languages and they're all looking at the same thing that we are looking at, but they're looking at it through a different lens because we're looking at it in the loss of life from Americans because that is where we're from. Our tour guide was fabulous and with a very thick accent, we're hanging on every word, listening to everything that he has to tell us. And then he asked our group a very interesting question. He said, do any of y'all know of a university in America called Texas A&M? Speaking my language now, right? But Derek and I are both kind of in shock. I mean, honestly, I went to A&M. Anybody who went to A&M, we think everybody in the world knows about A&M and how great it is. That's what Aggies do. But Paris, this was just a little bit too much. So we said, yes, we actually went to A&M. And he asked us if we knew about a man named Earl Rudder, class of 1932. And I said, no, but I've been in Rudder Tower many times. That's named after him. It's a 10-story building, and I'm quite familiar with that, and he went on to tell us about the hero that Oral Rudder was. He told us he had led a company of 225 army rangers on what seemed like an impossible task. 
They had to scale a 90-foot vertical cliff. I have another picture of this. That were defended by German troops on the Normandy beaches. They were climbing, scaling these cliffs while being shot at and hand grenades being thrown at them. And Oral Rudder was leading these 225 people. He had a key assignment. He was to capture and secure the cliffs known right there as Point de Hoc. And the strategic landmark hid huge German cannons. So there was a strategic reason for them going there and for them to be able to capture that. On this picture right here, you can see the rocks. They had these rocks that they dug out that they would put the cannons under so people couldn't actually see where they are. But it was a task that took almost two full days, and Rudder and his men successfully made it to the top, and they captured Point de Hoc. Wow, what an inspiring story, isn't it? And I was thinking as we were talking, with what would inspire someone to take all these men with them and to do the impossible. What from within them would inspire them to do that? But he believed in his mission. They talked a lot about Earl Rudder believed in his mission. He knew what they were doing was right. They needed to do this or the Germans were gonna take over. They're already in France. Um, they were coming to take over the entire world. It was World War II, right? And he knew that his position and his calling and his mission really needed to happen. Only 90 of the 225 rangers lived to fight another day. He lost 60% of his people. And Rudder was wounded twice during the attack. And he went on to fight in Battle of the Bulge. And numerous other things, he was given medals. He was counted as a true hero. And who would have thought Earl Rudder, this young guy from a small town in Texas named Eden, would go on to change the world as we know it. Tough times increase our faith. That's what we've seen as we look at our history. And faith doesn't come easily. It's gonna be something that is gonna challenge each of us. It takes work, it takes bravery, it takes discipline, and it takes sacrifice. Remember this, as we enter 2021, we're gonna continue to need to practice all of those things. After the war, Rudder became president of Texas A&M, and he made a monumental decision that would change the school forever. He changed A&M to allow women and people of color to attend. This was at the beginning of the 60s, and it wasn't a very popular thing to do, but he knew it was the right thing. He was a man way ahead of his time, and he did it. And I was blessed by this man who went out and did something that other people didn't think was the best thing to do. I was able to attend this university that I wanted to attend because of a man who was not only brave at war, he was brave when he came home in his everyday life. Heroes, ordinary people that did extraordinary things, sacrificing themselves for others. The book of Hebrews in our Bible devotes a whole chapter, chapter 11, to Old Testament men and women who were called heroes of the faith. They were the band of brothers and sisters that God chose to use. These mighty people of faith believed in the mission as well that God had given them. Many of them didn't see at all why God was calling them to do what he was calling them to do, but they knew God was faithful. They held fast to the mission that he was giving them. They trusted and believed in God, even if it didn't make sense in their earthly minds, they believed God. Hebrews 11, one through three says, 
Now faith is confident, confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And I think on purpose he's telling us right then, as we know in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We know that us who believe in Jesus, believe in God, we know that that's how this earth was formed. We didn't see it. We didn't know exactly how it happened, but we have faith that it says that in God's word, so we know it to be true. And that's what he's getting ready to tell us about all these people who are coming up, why they did what God had called them to do. So the author goes on and lists many people. I'm gonna tell you a few of them. It says, Abel worshiped God based on God's standards. He didn't skimp the way that his brother Cain did. He gave sacrificially, knowing that God was gonna repay him later on, and God was pleased with him. Enoch pleased God so much that he was taken from this life. That means he didn't experience death. He lived a godly life in a corrupt society and God rewarded him for it. By faith, Noah did what God had commanded and built an ark to save his family, which would have been difficult in that time because they had never seen rain before and God was telling him, it's, you know, the water's coming, go ahead and build the ark. And did you know it was 120 years from when he got the promise till the rain hit? I'm thinking month one, month two, right? Year one, year two, he continued to be faithful and do what God had called him to do. He knew his mission and he was ready to stand and wait for God. Wait, Whew, that's a tough word, isn't it, for us? By faith, Abraham left his homeland and went to a place, a place that God had commanded. So God had called and he obeyed, even though he didn't know where he was going. He left everything that was familiar to him. But God rewarded him and he did make him a father of many nations. By faith, Sarah was way past childbearing age and was able to bear a child because she trusted God's promise. It took 25 years from promise to baby for her. So us girls who've gone through infertility, we know what this is like, right? Month after month after month after year, 25 years, God fulfilled his promise to her. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up and chose God over surrounding culture, he chose to be mistreated along with his people than to live the life of the corrupt in Egypt. And by faith, Moses trusted God and led the people through the Red Sea onto dry land. And by faith, Rahab the prostitute aligned herself with God's people and she was not killed with those who were disobedient. So Rahab had been a prostitute and God rewarded her. He rewarded her so much that she's even listed in the lineage of Jesus. So people who I'm sure for all of them, we could have come up with all the reasons why what God is asking them to do didn't make sense to them, but they were ordinary people and God used them to do the unexpected. God used them to do the extraordinary. People just like you and me, and you might be thinking, oh, these people are in the Hall of Fame, so these people, there's something different about them. God gave them something extra that he doesn't like give us ordinary people, but that's not true. And all of these people, I could list you some crazy things that happened in their life. Even after God had provided for them, they sinned. They did all kinds of things that you think would have disqualified them. But it didn't because God doesn't use the perfect. God uses the willing. 
And that's what he wants to do with us today. Sometimes following God is following big sacrifices. Sometimes it's little sacrifices, but it's always a sacrifice. Dying to ourselves, maybe not doing something that we want to do and doing something that God has called us to do. But I'll tell you, I've been on this earth long enough to tell you I would rather be on God's side doing something that he wants me to do than doing something that I want to do by myself. It's not a fun place to be. Have you done that before? At the end, ended up getting something that you really wanted or doing something that you wanted and God's not there with you. It's not a good place to be. Danielle Strickland tells a story. She was the social justice secretary for the Salvation Army and she was stationed in Australia and she was charged with the tax with getting rid of sex trafficking there and prostitution. And Australia had actually legalized it there. They were tired of fighting it and just legalized it and said, maybe if we legalize it, it'll be easier for us to manage. So the Salvation Army had sent Daniel there and she got a team together and they were supposed to go in and free these girls. And um, the brothels were on every corner. She says there was a McDonald's, there's a 7-Eleven and there's a brothel. Uh, every corner that you go to, hundreds and hundreds of them. And so she and her team are brainstorming and praying of how are we gonna infiltrate this? How are we gonna get to these girls? And praying some more, and it just wasn't happening. They hit a roadblock and they just didn't know where to turn. And so she had sent her team home and she got a phone call from a lady and she said, hey, um, my name is Jan and I've heard why you were sent here to help stop um, the sex trafficking here, and I wanted to see if I could come meet with you. And, Jan and so Danielle says, yes, come. And so she comes to her office, and she's, <laughs> she's kind of shocked. She's like, she's a gr Baptist grandmother. That's what she is. So she walks in the doors, and she tells her that um, God had sent her on a mission, and she needed to talk to Danielle about it. And so she starts telling her that she's been getting these phone calls because her phone number is two digits off one of the brothels in her neighborhood. And um, she can't stand it. She said, these men are calling and saying these horrible things. And she said, I, I literally can't do it anymore. So um, I got up yesterday and I told God I was gonna go get my phone number changed. Um, so I just didn't have to hear it anymore. Do y'all do that? I block all these robocalls coming in. I'm thinking, I get her pain. And she said, she was praying that morning and God told her, no, I don't want you to change your number. And she said, but God, you don't know. I'm getting these calls. And God said, yeah, I know about the calls. And you're supposed to do something about this and, and make a change. So she tells Danielle, so I hear this is what you've been charged here to do, so what are you doing? And Danielle said, I didn't wanna tell her. I got no idea. I don't know, we've tried everything and we don't know what to do. So they started talking and Danielle said, so what do you do in general if you feel like God's called you to minister to somebody? What do you do? And she said, well, Grandma Jan said, I bake them a cake. And Danielle said, well, what do you mean you make them a cake? She said, well, I make them a cake. I tell them I've been praying for them, thinking about them, and, and I'm gonna continue, and here's a cake. And so Danielle said, well, we hadn't tried to make a cake. Okay, maybe that's what we're supposed to do. So she said, all right, you make a cake, come back tomorrow, and we're gonna go over to the brothel. So that was the plan, and that's what happened. So the next morning, Grandma Jan comes in with her cake, and she says, well, Danielle, I, I gotta tell you something. I was talking to God again this morning. And Danielle says, yeah, well, what did he say today? Because she seems to have this conversation going. And she said, well, God said, I'm supposed to go by myself. 
And Danielle said, no, I don't think it's safe. And, you know, I'm the professional here. And she said, I had my uniform on, my whole Salvation Army uniform. I was ready to go and look official with her. And she said, no, God told me I'm supposed to go by myself. So she said, all right, well, I'll tell you what. I'll stand down here at the corner. I'll watch you, you know, walk up the stairs. I'll watch you go in. If you don't come out in a certain amount of time, you know, we'll call the authorities. I'll come in and rescue you. So Danielle says her prayer game just got lifted because she's worried to death about Grandma Jan walking in there. And so she watches her go up the steps and knock on the door. And this gentleman answers the door. And he says, hello, can I help you? And she said, yes, I'm Grandma Jan. And glad y'all are new to the neighborhood. I hadn't got a chance to come over yet, but I would love to come in and meet you guys and pray for y'all. And I brought a cake. And he said, okay, come on in. So Danielle watches the door shut, thinking, oh my Lord, what's happened? So she says a few minutes later, she's standing up there praying heaven down, literally on the street. And she says, Grandma Jan walks out and waves by and says, I'll see you next Tuesday. And came down the stairs and Jan said, what on earth happened in there? And she said, well, he introduced me to the ladies and I got to meet some people and I told him I would come back the next day. And he said, okay, I could come back and I could visit with them. So this grew into teams and it changed the way they were able to infiltrate the brothels. Trafficking rings were canceled. They were able actually to talk before the government all because of Grandma Jan did what she knew how to do. She made a cake. So what do you know how to do that God could use you to change the world, change your community? I like to say, use your, your mess to be your message because everything that you have gone through, you're able to witness and to reach people that those of us who haven't been through that specific thing will ever be able to witness to. I think it's our challenge because it's easy to have faith and say, oh, I'm really gonna be praying for you as you go into that brothel on the other side of town. I'm not really gonna go into that, but I'm gonna be praying for you that it is to say, hey God, use me. I don't, I don't know what that is and I don't know how you're going to use me, but use me. I want to be the person that helps change people's lives, that helps witness to people that maybe nobody else is going to be able to do. Just like all those people we read from the Hall of Fame, God wants us to trust him. And even if he's asking us to do something that really doesn't make sense to us, take a step of faith and say, okay, God, I'll try it. What have I got to lose? I think that's our challenge for 2021 for us to take a step into some place that we haven't been before. To do something, because the years roll in, we all make these New Year's resolutions, we all make these goals and plans, but one thing that we can do starting tomorrow is to take a step out of our comfort zone and minister to people. It's gonna take a lot of faith because it's difficult to, to say no to ourselves and to do something that God is asking us to do. You might be saying, so why do I really need to increase my faith for all of that? And why do I need to really grow in my relationship with God? What does that really matter, Mary? I'm, I'm coming to church, coming to church when I can, and I'm praying to God when I have a need. 
Why do I really need to increase my faith? What's in it for me, basically? Because if we know what's in it for us, typically we'll work at it and we'll get better at it. But here's what I know. If your faith doesn't grow as deep as the disaster that's going to be coming in your life, you won't make it. Your faith won't make it. You'll turn away from God. You won't have what you need to minister to your family. Bill has been, Pastor Bill has been such a great example of this for us. As he lost his wife, Cindy, he didn't just grow his faith right then, but all along, Bill had been sacrificing to God when Bill started the church and there was no money coming in and he talks about when their electricity was turned off and major sacrifices he had to make for this church to continue. God was strengthening his faith then. He was growing his faith to say, you can trust me, Bill. I will take care of you. You can trust me. Even if something's going on that you don't want to go on, you can trust that I have your best at hand, that my glory will be revealed in the end. And that's what God wants us to do as well. So three ways you can grow your faith in 2021. Here's some practical steps for you. Number one is to know God. Hebrews 11:6 six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is confident trust in God's promises. God's greatest promise is that we can be saved through his friend Jesus, through his son Jesus. So if you have not accepted Jesus as your savior, that's your first step. If you have not prayed the prayer and said, okay, God, I know I've sinned. I know I have not done the things that you've wanted me to do. I know that the only way to you is through your son Jesus. I believe in him. I believe in his death and his burial and his resurrection. I ask him to come into my life through the Holy Spirit and be forever changed, not just for salvation to heaven. Yes, that's a part of it. But the other great part while we're on this earth is for our, our relationship with him. If you are already a believer in Christ, then your next step is to continue to know him, to grow in your faith, to spend time with him, reading his word every day so that you are able to strengthen your faith. Number two, obey God. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands. So it's not just enough to love God. We have to do what he's telling us to do. And he's not telling us to do things to hurt us. He's telling us to do things because he loves us and he's got a plan. And just like Earl Rudder went out with his plan, he couldn't deviate from the plan. And there was a lot of things he had, specific times and targets and things he had to do to accomplish his mission. The same is for you and me. We have to obey the things that God is telling us to do because he has bigger things ahead for us. And the more that we obey and the more that we do what he tells us to do, the more responsibility he gives us, the more influence he gives us because he knows that we can be trusted. Number three, pray to God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Pray. Yes, pray asking him for what you want. Yes, that is a benefit that we have, but pray listening for his voice, just like Grandma Jan. When you're in a tough situation, pray, okay, God, what do you want me to do here? you're probably not gonna hear a voice, but you might have a thought or a gut feeling 
of something that you're supposed to do. And how I usually know if it's God's voice and not mine is he's asking me to do something difficult and something that I probably wouldn't have thought of, like go talk to a neighbor. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. When you start that, that's God asking you to do it. And if you do it and you obey God, he's going to continue to give you more things to do. So every day read, every day read your Bible. Every day obey and every day pray. Every day. When you get up is the best time. Give yourself 10 or 15 minutes if you can. Maybe, maybe it's before you go to bed, but every day don't let a day go by in 2021 that you don't spend time with God and his word, that you're not obeying what he's telling you to do and you're spending time praying, asking him to chart the course of your life where he wants you to go. You have a gift to share. Everybody in this room, everybody not in this room online that is listening to my voice, you have a gift to share. And God wants to use you. We are God's band of brothers and sisters that are gonna impact our communities, that are gonna impact our families, that are gonna impact our church. But we have to do something we've never done before. We're gonna have to take a step towards God and say, okay, this is the year, God, I'm giving you all of me. I'm not holding anything back. This year, I want to be the one who's counted as in the Hall of Fame because none of us know, this is, we've seen nothing else from 2020. None of us know what's ahead. We don't know what's ahead for 2021, but we do know that God holds it in his hand and he can be trusted. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stand. And as we get ready to pray, I'm gonna ask you to do a couple of things that we don't usually do because I want this to be so different than anything we've ever done before. So I want you to bow your head as we pray. And I want you to hold your hands out in front of you, palms up. And I want you to just take a small step towards God. And I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we bow before you with humble hearts and we're so grateful for your blessings that you have given each and every one of us, especially for the blessing of Jesus. And before the foundation of the world was spoken into being, your very words who spoke them, you knew each of us would be born and you already had a plan for our life, Lord. We want you to increase our faith this year. Give us opportunities to trust you. Give us opportunities to follow you and to join you in your work. Today we choose to give you back our lives for you to use them for a greater purpose than just our own pleasure, Lord. And we ask you to make our lives a reflection of your love, of your holiness, and your glory. Build our lives on a foundation of faith in you and use us every day, each and every day, Lord, for your divine purpose. May our words and our actions serve to strengthen the faith of others. We look to you, Lord. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance. Give us your vision when we don't see it. Give us protection and peace. Use our ordinary lives to do extraordinary things. Thank you for sending your son Jesus into the world so we can have eternal relationship with you. And if there's anyone here today or online that has not put their faith in Jesus, I pray they'll do that right now, Lord. If there's anyone listening who just isn't sure and maybe they prayed this prayer week after week with Bill and they're not sure, Lord, 
I pray that today is the day that they will pray this with me. God, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for the wrong things that I've done. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. So cleanse me with his blood and forgive all of my sins so I can have eternity in heaven with you and I can be in a relationship with you right now that I can have the Holy Spirit within me to hear your voice, to grow in my faith and grow in my relationship with you. Come into my heart, I receive you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us by visiting metchurch.com so that we can follow up with you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week.